hey everybody, this is Ben Reiser, uh, Director of Operations for the Wisconsin Film Festival, but also um, sort of head of the programming committee for the Wisconsin's own section of the festival. And we are, or I am, here today. And when I say here, I mean like talking over the internet with Kim McDaniel, who has a short that hopefully you just watched uh, called um, Exit Strategy Number 5. Although Kim, hi, nice to have you here. Hi, thanks so much. <laughs> I have to say that, you know, the committee of programmers watched, um, I don't know, 100, over something over 100, maybe close to 120 films that got submitted for the Wisconsin Zone section this year. And we watched those films over a six-month period and talked about them every week as we were watching them. Um, and then, you know, there's a ton of films. And it's sometimes hard to remember which film is what and what title. And I have to say pretty early on in our discussions, every time your film came up and somebody would say, which one is that? We would say, Oh, it's the fuck film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the working title yes. for you <laughs> on the committee. And then everyone would be like, Oh yeah, yeah. The fuck film. Right. Uh, gotcha. The fuck film. Thanks. That means a lot to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of hard in some ways to talk about experimental films in the way that I can talk about some other films. Um, uh, so I'm just going to, I'm just, I, I, I watched your film again today and um, was reminded all over again how much I loved it and how cool it is. Um, and I just wrote down a bunch of notes while I was watching it. And I'm just kind of like going to go through them with you and get your take on my take of, of your film. And we'll see how that goes. <laughs> cool, thanks. Um, so, you know, your film is full of these really, I think, beautiful and provocative and arresting images, and but also transitions between those images. Um, and then, and the and the film, you know, almost at the beginning has this one of the most beautiful and exquisite slow dissolves that I've ever seen in a movie um and it's this dissolve from um from these notebooks that are sort of scattered on on a bed and then it dissolves into and i'm gonna say i'm gonna keep saying your like your feet and you and blah 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 is that okay or is it should i really be talking about this first person narrator as a character and not you tell me what you're more comfortable with yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, and yeah, it's totally okay. Yeah, it's me. Um, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, and then it, so it dissolves into your feet, uh, which are kind of wrapped around this sheet. And it really, the, the, for me, the, uh, the, the, the way that, that, that dissolve and that transition reads, it's almost like the notebook, the notebooks, which seem like they're journals or diaries, uh, sort of become, this sheet that is wrapped around you and almost is either like swaddling you in comfort or, or maybe also suggests maybe like you're sort of like trapped by these, <laughs> these thoughts, um, you know, and there's, it feels for a second or two, like maybe it's like uh, more of like a straight jacket, like something that you're, that you're uh, tied down by. So um, what were you, what were you trying to get across with that transition? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I love that imagery of thinking of it um, both as a straitjacket and also something that is comforting. Um, yeah, like a blanket 
Um, yeah, I think that um, I've, I've been thinking a lot, and especially when I was making um, the series about how memories are encoded in the body. And I have a line in the third exit strategy that is thinking about like, what if our memories were like a code that wrapped around our skin? And when you touch somebody, you share your code with them. And that thought was influenced by my history um, as an Alexander technique teacher, which is like a somatic practice that looks at habit and the body and pain and um, how your habits kind of influence how you hold yourself. And so I was just really thinking about like how my memories have influenced my body and what what kinds of body memories that are um, implicit um, inside, like on my in my skin and inside, and like yeah, thinking about how my writing um, and my journals um, are really like those are the only kind of like tangible evidence I have of wow, like that happened to me, you know, because it's like, I, I'll read back and be like, I, I, it's not like I remember that or even think about that as in my everyday life now. Um, and, but some of those entries from my earlier childhood are like, just very like shocking to me where it was just like everyday life, you know, just like I would read it and be like, I can't believe that I went through that at the time. And it was just kind of like, and this is what happened today, you know? And so, um, yeah, just really thinking about how, so much is hidden um, or stored in the body and how trying to create some type of visual representation of that um, with that dissolve. Yeah, it's it's really, really beautiful. Like I could watch it over and over again. I love how long it is and how long it takes to get from one shot to the other. Um, but you brought up something just now, which I'm glad you did because I meant to ask you. This is exit strategy number five, and I was reading in some of your submissions material that this is actually part of this of a series that there were there were exit strategies one through four, which I haven't seen, and it and it made me wonder: are some of the ambiguities that I experience in this film uh, because I haven't seen one through four, or you know, is it really a, a standalone piece that I shouldn't worry about? Like, oh, I'm I don't understand this quite exactly what she's saying, and maybe it's because I haven't seen the other four. Yeah, I mean, they were always meant to be like created modularly, you know, like that they could be sent out um, individually. Mm -hmm. But I would say, like, yeah, like after I made the third one, like the idea that they could screen together, like I became kind of like obsessed with that idea, you know, like, and then it became like, yeah, making the fourth one was actually kind of difficult, like, because then I started thinking about that, like, really intensely, and it became. Like, yeah, I, there was, like, a period of having to, like, take a break for a second and, like, refocus, like, the project because I started seeing them as, like, you know, sequentially one right after the other. And so, yeah, it, like, makes sense to me that, yeah, if there was some, like, ambiguity um, because that idea, as much as I tried to, like, um, continue making them as independent projects, like, I it's still like a, it was definitely in my mind that one day when I finished them that I wanted them to screen as one. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, it, and I think as a viewer, it's, it's tricky and it's interesting because when you're watching an experimental film, you're not really, you, it's hard to say like, ah, you know, how much, how much the filmmaker intends for you to understand what's on their mind when they're, when they're presenting this and how much you're just supposed to, 
you know, have your own experience with this, with these images and with these, uh, with the, with the words and with the, you know, the sound, um, you know, and that's how I feel about most experimental films. Like, okay, I'm just going to get what I can get out of this. And, you know, if it's just beautiful visuals, that's great. If I, you know, I'm, I'm sensing some meaning and I, I'm not sure if that's what the filmmaker intended. That's cool too. Um, so, uh, Getting back to my notes, though, <laughs> the next the next thing is the is your hands and feet, which it, it are I, I didn't I, I was going to try to do this and figure out how hard or easy it is to get your hands uh, and your feet like on the same plane and then sort of move them. I, I don't really know how. So this I'm going to ask you a series of questions that are going to be like, what's going on thematically or how, how did you do this as a filmmaker? Um <laughs> Uh, it almost feels like, and 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 I have an, a longer note, and maybe I'll jump to that as part of this, where it almost feels a little bit like stop motion, like there's um, there's like a sort of a jerkiness. And I wrote, and here's something from later on in your film. There's the there's the sequence shot where where uh, it you're in, it's your we see your torso. You're in a black shirt and pants, and you're swaying at various speeds. And, and I'm reading from my notes, and perhaps backwards, there is a herky-jerkiness to the movement that, from my frame of reference, reminds me of some of the backward stuff in Twin Peaks, <laughs> and is and is David Lynch an influence at all? So, do what you can with, with what I just said. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, there's so much there. Um, yeah, well, I... So I have to admit that I have fallen asleep trying to watch Twin Peaks so many times. Like, and I keep trying to watch it, you know, but mm -hmm. so I'm not sure. I mean, I know that it's a huge compliment to um, that um, to be yeah, to talked about in relationship to David Lynch. But I think I would also like the thing that comes actually to my mind when I hear David Lynch's name is my mentor from graduate school, Cecilia Condit, who, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they studied together. And so I actually think of Cecilia um, when I hear David's name. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm so influenced by Cecilia's work and her investment in the personal and her, the way that she uses trauma, humor and trauma and um, play, you know, all in the same yeah. realm. Um, you know, she's got a piece in this year's festival, too. And I, I think I you might say. be in the same shorts. I think we are. Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's such a privilege. Um, that's happened just a couple other times. And so it's so great to be in, the, in sharing a program space with her. It's, yeah, what, it's such an honor for me. Um, so, so, yeah. So, but filmmaking wise, is some of this backwards or you're, are you playing with speeds like um, in editing? Uh, yeah. What, what kind of stuff are you doing? Yeah, some of the, yeah, so sometimes um, the footage is reversed very, like, rarely. I guess I reverse it if it looks more interesting in terms of, like, the movement. The mm -hmm. um, scene that you're referencing with the the hands and the black shirt, that's all, um, yeah, that's all straightforward. It's not reversed at all. Um, yeah, I think that um, some is of the this, footage. Are you playing with the speed at all? Or, yeah, or so, that's just you in the moment performing sort of slower and then faster. Yeah, yeah, it just is the, yeah, it's the normal tempo and then oh, wow. it like speeds up. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, that was mostly because I, I sped it up because I just didn't want to cut. Um, so yeah, I just decided to play with tempo um, instead of cutting. Um, but yeah, the majority of the things are, I, I try not to 
reverse things too much because it feel uh, unless it feels like it could be confusing yeah i guess i'm con i'm interested in like confusing whether or not it's reversed or not but when it's kind of like obviously reversed i lose like a little bit of interest in in doing that because it's like oh it's reversed you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um so uh it seems like the central relationship and maybe the only relationship other than maybe the one that you have with yourself that you are addressing in this piece is the one with your mom um, and, and so early on, you talk about being in her womb and absorbing her nutrients. And then you cut to the words, thank you. Uh, but those words are carved into like the swinging door of this, what I take as like a fast food restaurant garbage can, um, <laughs> which I feel uh, um, seems like an obvious sort of like statement. about. And I think I think you even by the time we see that, have also have mentioned that you have cut off all ties with her. Mm -hmm. um so t tell me about this restaurant and and what it is and does it have a specific meaning to you in your life or was it just a cool looking location that you're like oh this is this says everything i wanted to say yeah so it's a dairy queen um in this in central nebraska i was like out in nebraska for a residency and um I, yeah, it took like 30 minutes to drive to like, like town. Um, and, um, there was this Dairy Queen. I was like, wow, I haven't been to a Dairy Queen, like since my childhood. Like that's actually like a, a nice, a really nice memory I have of my childhood is, is like going to Dairy Queen with my parents. And so I like walked into this Dairy Queen and it was like, yeah, like it felt like a blast from the past. Like it was just like empty and like, yeah, like so pink and like clean and like nobody was in it. And this was like before the pandemic, you know, and nobody was in it still. And I was like, yeah, I just felt like I needed to shoot it um, because it was just, I mean, beyond like aesthetically being so interesting to me, it just kind of, I felt really like reminded of my childhood in that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the relationship with my mom, I mean, I, yeah, I think that it was kind of like a reflection of realizing that I kept getting myself into relationships um, in my adult life with like romantic partners that were just playing out the trauma and um, toxic kind of like abuse that I um, had with some of my family dynamics growing up. And so it's like, I would, ne would never want to make a film about a man <laughs> no offense um just like as a feminist like it just like didn't really align you know about with my ethics or ideals that this was about anybody else but myself and in a way it was also despite how much sadness and hurt that I have with the relationship with my mom in a way it honors her in like a really strange way that I have spent so much time both like the fourth and this fifth exit strategy are about my relationship with her and how hard it's been to um kind of like move on from the traumas um from my childhood and how I grew up and so in a way it's like been this process of trying to um come to terms with my relationship with her kind of like in a, as a sense of wanting to heal actually um, and kind of using what's what's happening, what was happening in my romantic life as an excuse to dig into my relationship with her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so towards the end of the film, when you reference your heartbroken carcass, um, that line to me, like I immediately think, 
oh, she's talking about a romantic relationship that she's getting over. But then I was like, no, I don't know. Like, she's mostly talking about her mom. And I do get that you're talking about the way these other relationships sort of maybe trigger memories of your mom or, or bring you back to that. Or as you said, you're sort of reliving these these things all over again. But are you in that in that sort of end statement uh, re- still referencing being heartbroken about the relationship with your mother? Or are you also bringing in some other newer, like romantic relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you not want to answer that question? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, Oh, let me think. Like, I mean, I think it, like, it, it, it feels like a little bit of everything, I guess, you know, like at that point, I had actually like gone through two kind of romantic relationships at that point that I felt really saddened and hurt by. Um, And so all of a sudden I like realized like, okay, so it's not even about one person even, you know, like it's not even about my mom. It's about my grandmother and it's about her grandmother. And it's not even about the last person I dated or the person before that, or the, you know, like it's about like how I'm relating to how everybody's the same basically. (laughs) And, and it's like what I'm left with at the end of the day is like my sadness and like my feelings about how all of this is, I, impacting me and also like an element that yeah I feel like you know the reason why I started making this series in the first place was because I had a head injury that um, kind of like ended my career as a dancer and so the reason why I picked up filmmaking was because it was the only way I could continue making art because uh, I couldn't dance at the time or choreograph and so like this underlying thing that I actually don't really talk about like through voiceover at all actually throughout this whole series was the fact that I was dealing with like debilitating chronic pain and fatigue and so that I feel like that line and I've thought a lot about like why I wasn't able to make that more explicit when I was making these but I think it was because I was in it like so deep and I just couldn't make I couldn't even talk about it because I was just so in it Um, And so, yeah, I feel like that line is like as close as I was getting to referencing the amount of like chronic pain that I was into, where it's just like, not only do I feel heartbroken by relationships and like failures um, emotionally, but I feel just really like broken down by like living in chronic pain and and really feeling like my body was like a carcass that I just had to like bring and show up for things (laughs) too. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's go back to the restaurant for a second. Cause I'm also kind of in love with those chairs that have those backs that are both heart shaped, but also very much remind me of like a swan neck or, or two swans neck. And, um, and it's interesting to me. Well, I want, I, I guess I should ask, did you, did you, then talk to whoever was uh, working at Dairy Queen that day and say, hey, I'm going to I want to shoot some stuff like you had your your gear with you. Or did you like say like, hey, I want to come back and shoot this stuff. And can I get permission to do this? But uh, as part of that question, so so there's that shot of the chairs and you're talking uh, over that. And then actually your hand comes into the frame and you kind of trace that chair. And I'm interested in 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 that in that in, in putting yourself into um, into that section, at least of the, of the restaurant footage, because otherwise you're not in, in that at all. 
And it's interesting that you do, that we then see a little bit of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, when I first like found the restaurant, I, I didn't have any of my things with me. I, and so I went back to um, Art Farm, which was the residency I was at. and 20 was minute telling- drive. At least. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like a good half hour, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I like went back there and like was telling, um, a friend of like a fellow, um, artist who was there at the same time and her name was Laura. And I was kind of like, I really want to go back and shoot it. And then I was like, you know, will you come with me? Because, I don't for some reason I just had like so much anxiety about it like it was just I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to working on my own or whatever but I just like yeah I to do I yeah I don't know whatever so I asked her and then like we um made the made the trip um and I was like okay we're gonna get there really early to make sure that nobody else is there like right as they open like I want to get there and so we like showed up and I just like asked the kids behind the counter who are just like teenagers you know like we're in the middle of Nebraska you know and so it felt kind of like it it was ironic how much anxiety I had for also how low stakes it was it felt too (laughs) and so yeah I just asked them like hey like can I just like shoot in here like I'm making a film and they were kind of like yeah you know like they, you know, like and so yeah I just kind of like um got got as much as I could and ironically even though it was like 8 30 in the morning and there was like a rush of people like that day <laughs> like I don't know what I think it was a Friday too so maybe like everybody needed their cakes before the weekend like mm-hmm. I don't know right. <laughs> I don't know what right. it was but um but yeah I um I I did yeah, I got the shots and I actually felt like I wish I would have gotten more. Um, but I was just like done once I saw like there was a line, um, and then people watching, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm cutting it. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I felt normally like if I'm shooting something, um, in public or whatever, and I kind of like have this feeling like, I really wish I could do this, but I feel nervous because people think it's weird. Then I'm like, okay, you have to do it. Like, you just have to. So, like, the tracing with the chairs, like, that was just, like, a, a gesture that I just felt like I wanted to do. Um, and then I was like, all right, just, like, do it three times and then, like, call it and hope that one of the takes, you know, you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's, 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 that's a really, I mean, it's a great location. And I think you made good use of it. I mean, it's insanely pink. Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah, it was uh I kind of can't imagine yeah. working there all day. That just would be like intense <laughs> to me. Um so uh then you you talk a little bit about your your mother and and I and I think at this point you're expressing some concern or thinking back to worrying about telling your mother uh uh some of your sexual preferences and and, and that she that you feel like that that she might disown you at that mm-hmm. point and and but and then it cuts to uh shot in bed but then there are these black and white images that at first to me look like they could be an ultrasound uh, but then they get a little bit wider and they reveal themselves again to me it seemed like images from a tv screen and we get the sense of a couple and maybe they're nude but they're in some kind of intimate position and we can make out what I read as a sort of a male figure with sideburns. So I was interested in you talking about sort of being interested in women or girls. And then we get this, 
this footage of a, of a sort of a heterosexual couple. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the also like a part of this series was about, yeah, releasing shame. And so with every film that I was making, I was asking myself, how does this release shame for me? And so I think that, um, even though it feels really subtle, you know, this was my kind of like queer film, you know, like this was like, I, you know, that I'm queer and that, you know, um, this was my first attempt at trying to make work, like discussing uh, my sexuality um, and also like queerness and even in relationship to um, disability, which I had been started thinking about a lot um, while making the film. And so anyways, yeah, the, um, the cut, um, to the appropriated, like, footage, um, of the two, yeah, like, characters kind of, like, making out and kind of, like, scaling in a lot, like, 900% or something on it. Yeah, it was kind of, like, a technique of, like, wanting it to be ambiguous, you know, like, wanting it Mm -hmm. to be, like, maybe these are, like, two women or two, Mm -hmm. you know, like, non-binary people or you know like who like what are their genders you know like who are they um and just focusing on like the hands and kind of like the gesture and the desperation kind of like in the kiss you're or being confused about like what's even happening and then yeah like as it kind of goes on realizing that it's you know like a heterosexual couple and kind of being and then like after that cutting to my arms being crossed it's kind of being like oh like all right you know like this was you know really exciting to think that it was like a queer couple and then realizing that it was just you know a, a male and a female and kind of being disappointed um yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um uh okay, here's here's my next note. Uh you say somebody uh somebody you know told you to just smoke weed and get fucked and that your chronic pain would go away. Um talk talk a little bit about this chronic pain and 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 I'm wondering did you take this person's advice and how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I didn't. Uh, well, I mean, I guess um I guess I was I it, it planted a seed, I guess, in my head at the time where it was what kind, kind of, of like, seed. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you will. No. Um I, no, yeah. I mean, I guess it got me thinking about like over all these years, all the things that I've tried to done, tried to do to like heal from the injury. And I was like, well, I guess I haven't tried to heal through being in relationship with others, you know, like I haven't had, you know, I didn't, I wasn't intimate with anybody, you know, after the injury for like five years or something, just because my health was so overwhelming. I couldn't even begin to think about being in relationship with another person on any level. And so like, yeah, I mean, it, it, I started thinking about that, you know, and also, like, it was just kind of, like, an asshole, like, comment. You know, like, it was, like, very kind of, like, sure. you know, like, right. just rela- just relax yeah. and get yeah. fucked. You know? And, yeah. and I was kind of like, wow, like, you're really, you really do not understand the complexity of this issue on any level. Um, and so it was kind of like, um, yeah, like, on, on one hand, I, like, totally wrote that person off, like, saying that to me. And then on the other hand, I was like, well, like... 
I, I could probably open myself up to, you know, being in a relationship again, you know, like, is this, am I going to let my chronic pain define the rest of my life, you know, on some level? And, um, and yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I, on, on some level, I feel like because my body has felt so kind of just, um, I've been in so much pain, you know, since the injury, like I felt that like drugs or something, like I was like, I can't use any drug. Like I don't want to because the only thing I have left is my mind, you know, like I can't do any, like I can't, don't want to do anything that's going to possibly ruin my mind because that's all I have left. Um, And what's ironic actually is that like I really, you know, I, I'm a person that believes like the mind and the body has a connection. So like as much as I was like preserving my mind, my mind was also the thing that was contributing, that contributes to pain. So it's Mm -hmm. this like cyclic relationship. And so it's like, um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about this injury? Like what happened and, and and the kind of pain that you're in? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like a head injury from, um, dancing and it was just like, um, a fall that I had kind of practiced all semester. And then, yeah, all it really takes is one day to kind of just fall off. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like cracked my head. And I mean, the, the thing though, is that like people get concussions all the time. Um, and so the issue for me was that, you know, once all my diagnostics cleared up, you know, I was still left with like, like overall body pain, like chronic fatigue and pain and headaches. And, you know, the neurologists and the rheumatologists are saying there's nothing wrong, you know, like there's really no reason for you to be in pain. Um, and there's really like nothing else we can do for you. You know, like we can give you like cortisone shots and stuff, but like, you know, there's nothing else we can really do for you. Um, and so I was kind of like left at that moment to be like, all right, like Western medicine has failed me. Um, and what, what do I need to do to like take this into my own hands? Because like, I'm in so much pain, it's affecting my life. Like I can't work and I couldn't, there was no way I could think about doing any type of like, like walking, you know, 20 minutes was like exhausting to me. Um, and so it was like at such like my endurance was so compromised and everything physical was so compromised at that point. It was kind of like thinking about like, what did I need to do next in order to reclaim like my physicality in my life? Um, since I, since everybody else was kind of like, well, you know, like throwing their hands up in terms of what they could offer in regards to Western medicine and their own perspective. Um, so yeah, and it's something that I still really struggle with. Like there's no, like I'm still, I don't dance um, and I still really struggle um, with chronic pain and um, just the ups and downs of living in pain and um, the way, the different ways that it manifests um, in my body and in throughout different systems even. Um, so yeah, I feel like this project was like, a turning point for me in terms of not only thinking about how the head injury kind of like triggered this fibromyalgia or if that's what you even want to call it. I mean, I, I believe in fibromyalgia, but it's also just like not a diagnosis for on mm-hmm. some level. Um, but yeah, like how it triggered everything that I'm dealing with now, but also thinking about how I've been in pain since I was like seven years old, you know, like I would have 
debilitating stomach aches and you know like throughout my whole life I just see this pattern of how emotional trauma manifests as physical pain and so it was just like an awakening of thinking about the connection between the mind and body and how this isn't something that's new to me it's just something that I've become aware of now that it became debilitating yeah to my everyday life yeah wow yeah. Hmm. Um, we see throughout the film these little text excerpts on screen and um, I guess my sense when watching the film is that we're getting bits of writing that would have come from the notebooks that we see at the beginning of the film but then in the end credits I see that you uh, mention um some text excerpt is from some uh, poem or something, or you know, some piece of writing that isn't yours. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that what is all the text that we see on screen from what you're giving credit to in the end? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's a mixture. Um, so it's oh, okay. um, yeah, like I kind of yeah, it's the so the text that I kind of like drew some inspiration from was uh, when the drummers were women by Lane Redman. Um, right. And so yeah, it's um, but the text like in terms of like my handwriting and things like though that's my yeah like what you were thinking in terms of like coming from my journals. Um, and so yeah, and so I like as I was making it I was thinking like well you know I'm kind of like a logical person and I was thinking like oh you know if the text if there's text on screen you know like that that's going to relate to the appropriated text and you know if you see my handwriting you know that relates to the text that I wrote myself but even then like near the end it gets confusing because like you there's like the line on screen that's like I wonder you know if you know since I came from my mom who came from my grandmother, you know, if that means I'm just completely fucked, you know, that I'm unlovable and will be in pain forever. And obviously that's me talking. That is not from when the drummers were women. Um, But, you know, like having that kind of confusion about my interpretation of the text um, and and having it be in that um, aerial font and yeah, just trying to, integrate the theory with my experience yeah yeah Yeah. and that actually that was my next note was uh uh, talking when you're talking about cellular life began in my grandmother's womb um and that then that cuts to you with your head down and it and i get the vibe you know even more than what you're saying about does that mean you're permanently fucked like this image of you as if you've just uh uh, taken in this concept and it and it seems like it's completely depressing and overwhelming to you like you're just hanging your head like mm-hmm. what can I do mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. I'm a, and, and that is what you were going for with that yeah 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 reading that like text that's just like oh my god I, I came I you know like I was actually like my cellular life began in my grandmother like oh god you know like just like the crushing like (laughs) like okay like this isn't just even about my mom you know like this is like generations of people um of women who came before me who have their traumas and have been abused and you know like and that I'm carrying that legacy in me too and it's kind of like yeah like what am I gonna do about that (laughs) 
Yeah, it's weird. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday about instincts and and dogs because I've, I've got a dog who, um, you know, is a, a, a hunting dog, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, he's not to us, but I mean, he does run around our backyard and chase rabbits and squirrels all day. And I'm like, what, you know, what, what is this whole instinct thing? Like, where does that come from? Are you really telling me that dogs are born with this desire to hunt rabbits? Um, and where does that come? How does that happen? But, but it sort of sounds like the same thing that you're contemplating where that, like that traumas that your grandmother experienced. And then before her, like all get transferred to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that way so yeah yeah i mean and have you come to really believe that that's that that's what's going on in a way yeah 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 100 percent. yeah i mean i even think like i guess it's like uh, thinking so much about uh yeah like the legacy of trauma and um how yeah that's even embodied like as a white person you know like and mm-hmm. thinking about like my mom's silence and how i inherited that silence and how like it's really i really feel like it is my responsibility to be speaking not only like for myself you know but for you know people of color and you know being an um standing in solidarity and how my voice is really important for that and it's like thinking back to like okay so it's not just like um like I think it's helped in terms of thinking about like compassion, you know, like why it is so hard for me to speak up sometimes and thinking about like, well, you know, my mom never spoke up, you know, like I was born silent, you know, and that came from my mom and that came from my grandmother. And so it's like thinking about like breaking those habits, you know, that I was born with and given kind of, and then even like thinking like, yeah, like I'm speaking about this as a white person, but thinking about like all of the intergenerational historical trauma, you know, that people of color are living within their bodies now. And so it's like, yeah, to me, it's really like become even like a conversation to me about, about like race and like being a white person and like what it means to inherit things from my ancestors and break that, break things that I don't want to carry, um, anymore. Yeah. I've got one more note that I took watching it that we haven't talked about already because I've jumped around a little. Uh, but um, there's this thing you say, and I don't even know why I wrote this down, although I think it's a kind of a beautiful line that I don't even know if I wrote completely correctly, but maybe you can talk about this and what it means in the context of this film where you say, for tonight, I'll trade, I'll trade thinking about him to thinking about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I was thinking about, like, all of the applications of her as a pronoun, like, in that Mm. moment. You know, like, like, let me trade thinking about, you know, a past relationship for thinking about me, you know? Like, instead of envisioning... I mean, I think, like, a really big moment in my healing process after the injury was, like, I remember being really alone and in pain in bed one night, and instead of imagining somebody holding me, like, I imagined a version of myself holding me, and that I, like, I always remember that moment, like, where I decided to trade um, an image of somebody else for myself, Um, and so it's, like, yeah, like, her as in me, and, like, her as in my mom, you know, like, instead of thinking about all the ways that I was wronged in a relationship, like, let me think about 
my mom and like the reasons why I was even involved with the, with the person in the first place and how that relates to my relationship with my mom. And even thinking further than that, you know, like, let me think about her, like, as in like a girl, you know, like, instead of thinking about, you know, this guy, like, let me think about what I hope for in my future, which is, you know, like, at the time, you know, it was like a queer relationship with, you know, a woman or, you know, a gender non-binary person and, um, which like I'm in now. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I, I was dreaming about that, you know, when I was making this film and, and now it's, it's my reality, which feels so happy for me. Um, and so, so yeah, it was like all the applications of the word her. That's great. Well, Kim, I just want to say again uh, how much we all love this film. I think it's this rare experimental short, which is not only filled with all these really, really um, compelling images and transitions and juxtapositions, but is also like emotionally affecting in a way that experimental films uh, don't usually strike me anyway as a, as a viewer. Um, and so, um, thank you for sharing this with us and, um, super excited to see, uh, everything that you do going forward. Please continue to share your films with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for your, your questions and this conversation. Yeah. It's just such a privilege to meet and talk with you. And I just, yeah, I really appreciate being in this program, um, among, yeah, Cecilia and so many other, um, amazing filmmakers from Wisconsin. So.